Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are, what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to visit our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Edmond Campus pastor, Wade Smith. Victory Church. That's not bad, but how we doing this morning, Victory Church? You guys excited for today? You ready for today? It's going to be a good day. I want to welcome our Edmond campus. Can you help me welcoming our Edmond campus today? I love you, Edmond. I miss you today, but I'm glad I can still be with you uh, through the camera today. And I want to welcome those online today. And we're so grateful and thankful that you're with us today. And last but not least, I want us to honor Pastor John. Can we thank Pastor John and honor him? For his leadership, he's actually, um, I love the, the influence that Pastor John is, is gaining. He's actually speaking at a conference uh, this weekend. Right now, as, as I'm speaking, he's speaking in North Carolina. And last Wednesday, he spoke at another conference. So God is doing incredible things. Pastor John, we are honored and we love you and we're so thankful for you. Well, Pastor John started us in a, in a new season. How many of you guys have enjoyed this new season of Bended Knee? And he started us in this new season in the beginning of January, and he, he's preached two kind of foundational messages for us. The first was, if you remember back to the first week, it was, God wants his job back. How many of you have struggled giving God his job back? There's so many times in my life that I look at God's resume and I find myself, I'm like, ah, I'm doing God's job. I need to just give it back to him. And so it was an encouraging message. If you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and watch that. And last week, such a great message, the faith to fall first. That if we start right, that we may end right. And he said that statement last week, and it really got me thinking about what I want to preach today. And that is this. He's preached the faith to fall first. Today, I want to speak to you about the faith to remain. Everybody say remain. The faith. How many of us know it takes faith to remain? It takes faith to remain. Because I don't know about you, but if we'd be honest, would you just say, some of us, we feel like we're stuck in the middle right now. We've committed our life to Christ, but yet we're not where we want to be. We're not like Him the way that we want to be. We're not in the destination that we want to be. Anybody say Amen. For those of you who are like, I'm already arrived, you can polish your halo, this message is not for you. <laughs> but most of us, if not all of us, find ourselves in a spot where we're just kind of stuck in the middle. And we have to remain, and, and I, I, my prayer today is that this, this message would encourage you to build your faith so that your faith can help you remain. I want to go to Scripture in John 15, the 1 through 5, this is the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they produce even more. 
You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. And then it says this. What's it say? Remain in me. And there's an and. So here's what he's saying. If you remain in me, then I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. The first thought today is this. A life of remaining is one that bears fruit. A life of remaining is one that bears fruit. And I know what some of you are thinking to yourself right now. Well, that doesn't include me because I feel fruitless. How many of us would be honest enough to say, I just, there's times in my life, maybe not now, but there's times in my life that I just feel fruitless. I feel like I'm not producing fruit. There's one issue with that, and that would, I would argue that we're all producing some type of fruit. So we have to define, we have to first start by just defining what fruit, even as we find this in Galatians 5, 22 through 25, it says this, It says, but the Holy Spirit produces, it answers it for us, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Say these with me. Love, joy, peace, patience. Who needs some of that? (laughs) Amen. Help me out. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Included self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And here's what it says. It says, there's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, I love this this picture. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions, their own passions, their own desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there with Jesus. Since we are living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. Two questions we have to ask ourselves if we feel fruitless. First is this. If I feel fruitless, what am I connecting myself to? Because the bottom line is this. We all produce fruit. We either produce fruit from the Spirit or... We can produce fruit from our flesh. How many know that's true? I don't know about you, but when I'm impatient, or when I'm angry, or when I'm frustrated, or if I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm not using self-control, these are issues when I find myself removing myself from the vine. And if I remove myself from the vine, then what I do is I produce the fruit of my flesh nature. But the byproduct, here's what I love about God, is that he makes it really easy for us. He makes it simple. He says, all you have to do, I want you to get this figured out, all you have to do is you just have to remain. If you'll remain in me, then I'll remain in you, and the byproduct of you just remaining in me is my fruit. And I'm a better leader, I'm a better follower, I'm a better husband, I'm a better dad, I'm a better everything when I'm producing the fruits of the Spirit. 
Listen, when I've, I don't know about you, but you ever have those days where you're going home and you're like, that's been a day, I'm just ready to get out of here. <laughs> those are the days that when I'm walking into my house and I know I'm walking into four children that are bouncing off the walls. Listen, when we, when we um, had our fourth child, God made it very clear that we're done with this one. And I actually, I, re, I took all the sheetrock out of the house and I added padded walls to my house. It's just insane in my household. I'm telling you, if you walk into my house, you're like, I don't know how they do it. They are terrible parents. When I'm leaving the office and it's been one of those days where I've dealt with stuff and I walk in, what I have to do is I have to say, Holy Spirit, would you give me your fruit today because I need patience. God, I need kindness. God, would you help me have some perseverance? Would you give me the fruit of your spirit? Because the truth is this, we will either produce one or the other. We will produce either fruit of the spirit or the fruit of our flesh. So we're producing something. This is kind of why I want us to to look at this second question a little, little deeper, and that's this. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we connected to? The second is this, am I seeing clearly? Am I seeing clearly? In fact, in Psalm 1, one through three, it says, oh, the joys of those who do not um, follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on day and night. They are like trees planted along the river break, river bank, bearing what? Fruit in each season. Their lives never wither, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. The truth is, is that you and I, we can bear fruit in every season. And some of you, you feel like you're in a, in, a, in a fruitless season right now. And I would encourage you with this, as long as you're remaining, as long as you're staying connected to the vine, there's some fruit being produced, but maybe you just don't see it. Sometimes I think, sometimes the, mo- the greatest fruit in our lives is not always the most outward fruit, but it's the inward fruit that takes place. It's the fruit that takes place inwardly. I love, I love the, this, this picture that 2 Corinthians paints. It says, we, that, that is why we never give up. Say, never give up. That's to remain. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce, there's a fruit, for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever so we don't look at our troubles we see now rather we fix our gaze on the things that we what cannot see that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever i don't know about you but i want fruit in my life that's going to last what i love about this is it's generational it lasts forever. It lasts longer than you and I last. I've noticed this with my, my eight-year-old son. I've got kind of a, my, my eight-year-old's a question asker. Anybody know, anybody got any kids like that? That was me growing up. Now God is paying me back. He just wants to know the answer to everything. And I mean everything. And so recently, back in July... Um, my family, we got COVID. We went to Florida for a vacation, came back with COVID. Isn't that great? 
chilling with Jesus, chilling with on the beach, and come back with COVID. And so we come, we come back, and and we kind of we made it through it. And and uh, my my eight year old son though, we thought we were all past it, but he's actually had some residual stuff going on with his stomach ever since. And so he's been it's been real painful for him, and he gets this fear. This fear has been rising up in him, and so almost every night. He comes in, I would say every night he comes in, or was coming in, and he would begin to panic. Not about you, but there's, there's things that remind you of a season that you went through, and it, it strikes up fear, and you begin to panic. And that's the, I'm telling you, that's not a fruit that God wants for you. God gives you peace. Joy, the fruit of the Spirit is peace, but a fruit of what God, what the enemy wants to give you is fear. Right, And so we've been walking this with my son, that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and what? A sound mind. You know what some scriptures say? Some translations, they say self-control. That's a fruit of the Spirit. And so we've been walking my, my eight-year-old through this, and, and, uh, and so he, he's been asking me. So I didn't know really how to really solve a lot of this, so I just would pray in the Spirit. So my son's been coming into me and asking me, he said, Dad, would you just pray in the Spirit over me? Eight years old. He said, because I'm, when you pray in the Spirit over me, I have peace. He's learning. So, I, I, so every night I would just pray in the Spirit over my son, and, and uh, he'd be like, I've got peace. Because listen, the, the issue was not the food that he was receiving. It was the fear that, he was, that, he was, that, w- that was taking place in his life. Worry, anxiety, and fear is the worst thing for your body and it will cause sickness and so we just would pray in the spirit over him and he would get this peace and but it's so cool how god does things generationally and so my son comes in a few like a couple weeks later had no idea and he goes he's eight years old he goes dad dad you've been praying in the spirit over me and i've been praying in the spirit myself now and i I'm like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's pray. Pray for Because I think I'm doing it. Sometimes I wonder if I'm doing it. I said, just pray in the Spirit. And he's praying in the Spirit. I like, yes, you're praying in the Spirit. That's awesome. And you're gaining peace. You're getting the fruit of the Spirit because you're, because you're connecting yourself to the Spirit. And so, so then a few nights later, he, he was kind of struggling again. And so he just kind of came into my room late. And again, I told you, he's kind of the question asker. So he starts to go through all those questions at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and so he, he says, Dad, Dad, I want, I, want to, I want to tell you something. And I, I reluctantly, as a father, rolled over, yes, yes, Gavin. And here's what he said. I was blown away by, by him getting this at the age he is. He said, Dad, he said, I'm, I'm really thankful that I've been dealing with this stomach stuff. I said, what? And he goes, because, yeah, I don't like it. I don't want it to happen anymore. But he said, I, I'm thankful for what it's teaching me. Because it's teaching me to trust God. And it's taught me. He goes, I wouldn't even, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't pray in the Spirit if I didn't go through this. And he said, you know what? Here's what he said. I was so proud. He said, I just hope I get an opportunity to share Jesus with as many people as possible. And I was, <laughs> you will, God will do that. 
Listen, some of the greatest fruit that's produced in our lives is when we're by ourselves and we're going through difficulty. In fact, when you look at a tree, at this picture that Scripture has given us, this tree, this vine, and this branch, one of the greatest seasons of a tree's life or a vine's life is not when it's producing all the fruit, but when it's under the ground as a seed. Because under the ground as a seed, what it's doing, it's producing a root system that can withstand the weight of a tree. And a tree gets heavier when fruit is upon it. And so if you want to bear fruit, you have to have a root system that can withstand that. And oftentimes we want the miracles and we want all the things and we want, we want the success early. But if we don't go through the process of gaining the inward fruit, we're not ready for the outward fruits. And so we have to thank, just like my eight-year-old, we just say, God, I'm so grateful for this season of my life. In fact, I've started looking, I studied trees way more than I probably should have this week. And I started to look at the difference in some trees, and I, I came across the Bradford pear because I, I had a bunch of Bradford pears, and I hate Bradford pears. I've got a, yeah, I've got an amen on that. And you have Bradford pears, you just can't stand them. Every ice storm, they come around, and they break. Here's what's interesting. The reason why a Bradford pear um, can't withstand the weight is because here's what happens. It's, it grows very quickly. It actually outgrows its root system. The roots can't go very deep. Because it grows so quickly. Now, it looks pretty. The reason why they made it, it's a man-made tree. They made it so that it would produce, these, it would, it would produce all of this beautiful, these beautiful flowers and these buds, and it would get up there quickly. Because I don't know about you, but if I plant a tree, I want it to grow before I move out of my house. <laughs> like, I am not planting this tree for the next people that move in. I need it now. The problem with now is we're not ready. And so I've got some Bradford pears that no longer actually exist in my yard because ice storms came and winds blew and branches fell. There wasn't a root system. But then I started to think about like when we went to that, that trip in, in Florida and we actually arrived days after a hurricane hit. And so being the good oaky that I am, I expected there to be limbs and trees all around and like it would be like this disaster. But what I realized is there weren't. And you know why? Because a palm tree was created to bend. It was built to bend. Everything, I, I can give you all these details, but, but really uh, way too many details, honestly. But really, it comes down to the way that it, the way that it grows, the fibers that, that exist. But, but a big part of it is the root ball that is created and the way the roots spread. The roots actually stretch. And when a tree is bent, the roots stretch. Some of you, you just need to rename your season. This is not a fruitless season. This is a stretching season. This is a season where God's doing something under the ground, under the surface, when no one sees it. When you're by yourself, he's producing faithfulness. He's producing peace. He's producing joy. He's producing the things that only he can do when you're by yourself, under the ground, when no one's looking. Some of my greatest moments are when I was, you know, 
many of you know my story that I grew up with Tourette syndrome or that I've dealt with kidney stones. I've dealt with a lot of stuff in life. <laughs> but some of my greatest moments are in the 2 o'clock in the morning when everybody else is asleep because we're created to bend. Just like a palm tree is created to bend, we're created to bend towards the things of God. And if you're standing by yourself and I'm going to be strong, listen, that's a, that's a recipe for breaking. Bending is a recipe for growth. Because God says, listen, if you'll bend to me, I'll use that. I may not put that on you, but I'll use that. And I'll create in you where the enemy comes to destroy. I've come to give you life. And I'll turn the, that thing that looks bad and I'll turn it for good. And out of it, I'll produce something in you that, is, that far outlasts you and this life. And I'll make it generational. Because there is fruit. We just have to begin to see clearly. And our words carry weight. So some of you need to stop talking about how bad it is and how difficult it is and how bad... and and reword your season. This isn't a bad season. This isn't a fruitless season. This is a preparation season. This is a stretching season. This season is making me understand peace and understand joy, and I'm getting it now, so my words carry weight. And let me just, let me just a side note. Some of you speak so poorly to yourself, you speak in a way you would never speak to somebody else. You say things about yourself that you wouldn't even say to an enemy of yours. Your mind goes to places that you should never go. And we have to understand the weight of our words and rename them and understand that God is doing something. He's doing something in me because later he wants to do something through me. The root takes place first. Second thought is this. So, so a life uh, of remaining bears fruit. The second thought is a life of remaining yields to the Holy Spirit. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And then something very clear, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, our culture celebrates independence, doesn't it? Our culture celebrates, our culture celebrates people being very independent. This is, and we've seen this, especially the last few years, like, this, this idea of I need to be independent. I'm an independent person, right? Where, the, where our culture and our world celebrates independence, God celebrates dependence. God wants us dependent upon him. The second th the, that second thought is this. A life of remaining yields to the Holy Spirit. A life of remaining is one that is connected to God and yields to the things of God. Did you realize that the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, God gave to you, he loves you that much? And we have this infinite power within us, and I don't know about you, but there's so many days I go through my life and I don't try to access that. So many days I can just get to the end of my day and I'm like, wow, I didn't really even acknowledge the Holy Spirit in my life. I didn't even ask the Holy Spirit for direction today. I didn't yield to the things of the Holy Spirit. I thought it was really neat. I looked up the definition, just the Webster's definition of, of, uh, of yield. And it means this. It says, um, 
It says to surrender. Sorry, I lost my, lost my place. To surrender, to capsulate, to submit, to relent, to bend. To bend. What's a yield sign do? How many of us are, are, are um, kind of aggressive drivers? Come on. That's okay. Just don't put a bumper, you know, Victory Church bumper sticker on your, on your car. You can drive as aggressive as you want. Some of you guys, you come up to a yield sign, you're like, I'm not yielding to anybody. I'm pulling in. Anybody like that? Come on, be honest. You know what a yield sign is supposed to say? You know what it, you know what it means? You don't have the right of way. You don't have the right of way. This is not your right of way. You better check around and make sure there's nobody else coming because that's their right of way, not yours. Can I just remind you, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, he has the right of way in our life. He has the right of way. Pastor John talked about this the first week, that God wants his job back. It's his job to lead. It's our job to follow. And so many times we get so careless and so quick and so rushed that we just rush through the yield sign and saying, stop it and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Holy Spirit, how do you want to move? What do you want to say? I love the way the, the Passion Translation says that same scripture in Galatians 5.16. It says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power, I love that, of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life when, you, when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then these the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of the Spirit. As we bend to the things of the Holy Spirit, He keeps us out of trouble. He protects us. He keeps us from the things of our flesh. He keeps us from making decisions that we don't want to make. You ever been in a spot where the Holy Spirit, you can remember back to the Holy Spirit just keeping you out of harm's way? Anybody like remember a situation like that? I remember a situation where the Holy Spirit did that for me. I was just right out of college, and I was about to enter an internship to be a youth pastor because I, I, months before, I felt the calling of God on my life to be a pastor. And so I was about to enter the, the internship about six months from now. And, and I remember a friend of mine gave me a call. And he said, hey, my dad's a pastor in Fairhope, Alabama. Any Fairhope, Alabama people? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> he said, my, my dad's a pastor in Fairhope, Alabama. And uh, he would like to talk to you about being a youth pastor. First of all, I heard Fairhope, Alabama, and I was like, where is that? No way. And then I looked it up, and I realized it was in Gulf Shores on the beach, and I was like, absolutely, hallelujah, God. <laughs> of course I want to go to Fairhope, Alabama. Why wouldn't I? And so, and so uh, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not ready for this. I don't have any training. I'm not ready to be a youth pastor. I just got the call of my life. I'm not ready for this. But then I realized, yeah, it's on the beach. I'm going to take my friend, and we're going to have a free vacation on this pastor. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and so we drove down to Fairhope, Alabama, and um, it was amazing. And so the first day or so, we just kind of hung out on the beach, just suffering for Jesus, you know. 
Didn't get COVID that time. And uh, just chilling. And then it was time to go meet with the pastor. And I don't know if this pastor heard that I like seafood, but he like lined up the seafood. Any seafood people? Glory to God. And uh, I mean, there was crab and there was lobster and there was shrimp. There was shrimp that was cooked and there was shrimp that wasn't cooked. And it was just, and I was just feeding myself and loving it. And then he just started to roll out the red carpet. He just would, he would, he had a, he was really good at this. He would tell me, he'd like, he'd ask me first, well, what, what kind of things do you want for the youth ministry? And I'd say those things. He'd be like, well, that's exactly what we're going to do. And you, you're going to, and he painted out this picture that he was going to, this million dollar youth facility. And I, I'm telling you. I went from I'm not ready to this to this is the will of God in my life. We finished that food and we went back to the uh, the hotel room and uh, went to sleep that night. And I woke up next day not feeling, just really feeling sick to my stomach. I thought it was the seafood. But I could tell very specifically this is different than anything I'd felt before. It was a, in the pit. You ever felt that stomach, that feeling in the pit of your stomach? Like something's not right. I didn't realize at this time that this was one of the very first specific times the Holy Spirit was going to lead me and protect me. And so in the pit of my stomach, I'm feeling sick, and my friend wakes up. He's like, what do you want to do? Let's go to the beach. And I'm like, I can't. I feel sick. And so he goes out for two days. He's just hanging out, having fun. I'm sitting in my, I'm laying in my bed feeling terrible. Finally, the third day, my friend goes out, and uh, he comes back. I mean, he, he goes out, and uh, I'm having this moment with God. You ever had one of those moments with God? I'm laying in this bed, and I'm, I'm realizing in this moment that this is God trying to protect me. And so I'm laying there, and I remember specifically saying, I just had this moment with God, and I literally, in this bed, threw my arms up, and I said, okay, God, I'll say no. You know what I was doing in this moment was I was bending myself to the Holy Spirit. I was yielding to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding in my life. And when I said, I'll say no, I can tell you, Listen, I am not lying. I'm giving you verbatim how this happened in my life. I say, God, I'll say no, and instantly, I mean instantly, the this feeling in my stomach went away. My friend rolls back in the room. He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to go eat because I'm starving because I haven't eaten in three days. And so we go out, and we have a great time, and then we went back to Tulsa where I was living at the time. And I started to delay the email response because I didn't want to tell him no. And you know what happened? Same feeling starts to come back. Same feeling. And so I sat in, a com- in front of a computer and I sent an email. And I said, I'm not going to be able to take it. I appreciate your offer. This is for somebody else. And I hit send. And instantly it went away. Here's what I, here's what I realized. I don't know all the reasons why God didn't want me to take that position. But I do know enough to know that I wasn't ready for the, the role. I'm not sure 
that I would still be a pastor today had I taken a position that I didn't grow roots for. And I believe that God's protection and, his, and he could, along the way, he could, I understand all that. I'm not saying there's time to take steps of faith. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is I wasn't ready. There was, there was some roots that needed to grow deeper in my life for me to be able to do what I'm doing right now and stand here and preach to you or be a pastor at the Edmond campus. Like that, I wasn't ready for it. I wouldn't have the wife that I have. I wouldn't have the family that I have. I don't believe I'd see the fruit that I've seen because... I wasn't ready, but because I bended to the Holy, Holy Spirit. I'm just saying, there's times I've done it right and there's times I've done it wrong. I'm not trying to preach at you today. But every time I've listened and every time I've bent my life to the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit, He's always protected me. He's always cared for me. He's always made it better for me than it would have been had I done it on my own. We just have to give God his job back and say, listen, Holy Spirit, you lead me and I'll follow. You lead me. You lead and I follow because that's your job. My job is just to follow. We have to crave God's presence. Moses, when he's talking about the promised land in Exodus 33, Verse 15, it says, then Moses, he's talking to God about going to the promised land. He says this, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know what you, that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? Your presence among us is what sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. The Holy Spirit that, 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 that God has given you is what sets you apart. And when people look at you and see, listen, and see your fruit and see your life despite this world, they say, wow, I want something like that. It's what sets us apart. But Moses craved the presence of God over the promise of God. Can you and I crave God's presence over the promise. I wanted to be a youth pastor so bad, that's why it became so hard for me to say no. But God had a different plan. A plan that far surpassed my plan. A plan that was far better than, than my ways. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And if we'll just bend our lives to him, we'll be guided and directed by him. There's times that it's been very specific like that in my life where it's made it very clear. And there's been other times where I've had to, to listen, to really listen. And it hasn't been so distinct in my stomach, but it's been just a nudge or a thought. Shouldn't do this. Shouldn't say that. Ever been there? You said it anyway. Shouldn't respond this way. Shouldn't go there. I think the Holy Spirit wants to guide us in ways that we don't even realize. There's a friend of mine in the Edmond campus. His name's Russell Thorpe, and uh, Russell's awesome, and he, he's an incredible uh, wood, woodworker. And so um, I started, I wanted to build a table, so I, we got together at his place. He's got a shop, and we started to build this table, and there was a day that our, uh, we lost a tool. We couldn't find the tool that we needed to work with, and I thought it was really cool. It was this moment where he just said, in an instant, he said, Holy Spirit, show us where this tool is. And we found it. My wife does this with the kids. You know, sometimes 
we don't pray prayers like that because we want to give God an out. So we don't pray either big things or even small things because we don't want we don't want to let God we don't want we don't want God to let us down. It's really about us. It's not our job. That's not our rights. We are to ask, he is to lead. So the big things, big decisions in life, we got to ask the Holy Spirit, small, little, intimate decisions in life. It's the small, intimate decisions, the, the regular decisions that help us figure out the big decisions because we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. The third thought is this. So we have a life of remaining bears fruit. A life of remaining yields to the Holy Spirit. The third thought is this. A life of remaining is one that outlasts the enemy. Sometimes to remain simply just means that. Just remain. And I'm getting some head nods because you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, can we just be honest? Sometimes it's hard to remain, isn't it? We have to have faith to remain. Here's the really cool news. If we remain, we win. Because we know the story. The victory isn't even ours. It's his. So when we remain in him, we get, the, we get our victory because it's really his victory. When you remain and you feel depressed and you remain and you begin to get peace and joy, it's not just your victory, it's his victory. He doesn't want you like that. When your marriage is struggling and you just remain and you pray and you fight and you stay, when your marriage is successful and you come out of this in a, a different, it's not just your victory, it's his victory. He gets the victory. But we have to outlast him. I love this story in Exodus 17. Eight, it says, while the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding a staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed up to the top of a nearby hill. As long, listen, as long as Moses held his staff up, in the air, which I just thought was really cool. It's a posture of worship. As long as Moses held up a staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever his hands dropped, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. And that's where some of us find ourselves today. If you're real honest with yourself, you're tired, you're weary. You've been fighting this. You've been trying to remain. And you hear a pastor gets up and says, well, just remain longer. And I love what happens. It says, so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to bend down on. Sit down. And they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. 
As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder. And read aloud to Joshua, I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they, they have raised their fists against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Sometimes to simply remain just means you're going to outlast the enemy. And I know that some of you are tired and you're weary and you're exhausted. Can I just encourage you? You have strength. You can keep it going. Stop talking to yourself the way that you wouldn't talk to someone else and start speaking life over your situation. I'm going to make it through this. I can do this. God threw me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. We are going to make it. Listen, the victory is God's. It's his. Therefore, it's yours. See, we can remain because he reigns. And because he reigns, it gives us the strength to remain. There's two things I want to just encourage you with. If you're tired and you're weak and exhausted, there's two thoughts. One, Nehemiah 8.10 says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, we just talked about earlier that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We get joy mixed up. We think joy is happiness. Joy is not happiness. Joy is much deeper. Joy, you can have joy in the midst of struggle, in the midst of issues. And so if the joy of the Lord is my strength, then what do I have to do if joy is a fruit of the Spirit? I just remain. And if I, I love it, that God gives you everything you're going to need. He makes it very easy for you. He just says, remain in me. I'll give you joy. And in turn, that joy is going to become your strength in a time of struggle and issue. So one, we, we rest in the joy that we get from remaining. The second thought is this, is who do you have to hold your arms up? Moses had Aaron and her, and they saw. Listen, he didn't ask them. He didn't say, I'm getting tired here, guys. I need some people to kind of come over. This is getting a little bleak. This is going to wear out. I'm not sure I can do this, but they saw it. We need people in our lives that see when we're, when we're struggling and say, listen, you can't hold your hands up together, but I'm coming beside you. I'm going to get beside you, and I'm going to hold your arms up because this victory is yours. Some of you are saying, I don't have anybody. That's your first assignment. Is talk to someone. Get in a community group. Begin to serve. Get people around you. Maybe talk to people at work about God and find out who the people you can really stand with. Because ultimately, listen, your remaining, your remaining leads to the victory. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. 
If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.